Well, that was really enjoyable, wasn't it? Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was surprisingly enjoyable. <laughs> uh, for those of you just joining us, welcome to Undercooked Analysis, the show where Dead Palin and I sit around and watch movies and don't give very good commentary on them because we're actually enjoying the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so you explain and plug or whatever and links or whatever, do the thing. Yeah, so what basically what happened... I'll do the thing. Well, first of all, I, I just want to say because we're we're here. Welcome, welcome back. You've, you've been missing for a few episodes, and people were one people were wondering in the comments where you were. Around <laughs> working on Yuki, trying to get my computer running. That way, I can play Overwatch. Those are all like key priorities. I totally don't blame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no, it's um. It's good because like um, we, we 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 got back together and we've been wanting to do this thing for a while where we were gonna watch uh, the movie the nineteen I guess nineteen ninety nine or two thousand Nickelodeon movie uh, made for TV Crybaby Lane and uh, we actually recorded us uh, we wanted to see what would happen if we just did a raw commentary on it without any preamble much like in the undercooked fashion no script no plan no filters so we mm-hmm. recorded ourselves sort of like a riff track style uh watching the movie and hearing you hear what we say you know in time with what's going on and um if you want to hear that i'm not sure why you would but if you do uh there will be a download link affiliated with this um this episode where you can go and find it um i'll probably link it through uh probably Probably my Patreon, but uh, I'll make it so everyone can see it. So you you don't have to be a patron to get it. Um, but I mean, before we delve into what we're going to be talking about today, which is a creepy pasta based on this Crybaby Lane thing, and uh, I want to ask right now, why why this particular creepy pasta, Dead Palette? Uh, it's it's memorable to me, and we'll we'll get into that. Um when we actually start talking about the story. But I thought it'd be fun to just marathon the movie and then talk about the, cre- the creepypasta associated with it, because I'd never seen the movie, but I had read the creepypasta. Interesting. Now, I have I saw the movie ages and ages and ages ago, when I was actually a kid and it first came out. But And I recall... Uh, you know what? I didn't read this creepypasta. I, was, I heard someone's narration of this. Like, when I was mm. still, like, looking for, like, things. I think it was a... And I didn't listen to the whole thing because it was, like, I got bored. So, <laughs> maybe... I don't know if it was the story or the narration. So, maybe both. I won't say uh, who it was, but I was just like, nah, I'm not feeling this. But, but uh, real quick, running through the uh, Wikipedia article for the actual movie... Crybaby Lane is a 2000 television film that premiered on Nickelodeon... On the night of October 28, uh, 2000, the film was never aired outside of the United States, nor dubbed into any other languages. It also never re-aired or, or released on VHS or any other software media until 2011. Oh. It was believed to be because of controversy surrounding the film. Several parents complained that the film's content was too scary and inappropriate for children. If you watch the movie, you can judge that for yourself. Yeah, um, I, I just think those those parents are uh, are uh, pathetic. Yeah, because uh, I watched that at a let's see, in two thousand, I would have been 
In 2000, I would have been like 12 or 13. So, um, You're I don't always think... going to have a pipe parents, though. Yeah, That's oh, the I deal. know. But, like, I remember seeing it and going, like, eh, whatever. Um, but a Nickelodeon representative stated that the film had merely been forgotten. Nick.com, however, claimed that the film had been uh, has been banned. In 2011, a copy was discovered on Reddit, and the ensuing reaction prompted Teen Nick to re-air the film on October 31st, 2011. Mm-hmm. In its original air date, the TV movie was originally rated uh, TVY7 when it <laughs> first premiered, and on the United uh, well, on United States, and then was re-rated TVPGV for moderate violence. And it's re-release. So that's the rundown of the story and the controversy. And okay, so they wanted to um, they wanted to make um, I guess they wanted to make it like more apropos to the rating system of the time. Mm-hmm. Like they readjusted it, and like we're fresh off of uh, watching it, and in, in my case, rewatching it. So like, I honestly thought it was. I still think it's relatively tame, like when you compare it to things like "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" You know, it has a it has a yeah. more dark tone to it, though. I mean, just in what's um, um, it's there are parts of it that are goofies, '90s bullshit, but parts of it are uh, legitimately interesting, mm-hmm. and they're not scary for an adult but i could i could see some people getting scared by it i could see some kids getting kind of freaked out by it it's got um in certain parts it's got actually good atmosphere i especially like the prologue yeah, where they explain the legend that's, that's the thing is i think that they don't really have many moments of levity that kind of like break the atmosphere the atmosphere is pretty thick and i think that that might be what makes it more scary than uh some some other kind of like kids scary things yeah i mean there is some moments that come out of left field that are kind of weird like uh the fact that the grave digger dresses up like a like a cowboy (laughs) that that was yeah that was a weird moment (laughs) or um, the the guy the fucking I, i love kenneth the guy who drives the like the 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 undertaker's assistant i guess his nephew because I don't know what he was smoking, but I want some of it. It was probably, like, the worst weed in existence. <laughs> I, know, I can't tell. I, I swear, I want to maybe look at the credits of that again, because I, I swear that, that whoever played that guy went on to play uh, Robbie Rotten in, I mentioned this in the comments on the thing, in uh, Lazy Town, which would not surprise me at all. He has a very expressive, very similar kind of face. His well, name some... is... Lark Spies. Spies? It's weird. Lark Spies? Lark Spies. The guy who played Kenneth? He also played Null in Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops. (laughs) There you go. Made it about Metal Gear. Somehow. Always Metal Gear. Welcome back. Alright. So, you want to get into the actual creepypasta now? Yeah, I guess we should. I just wanted to make sure people knew that we... Part of the reason we, we we don't just upload the commentary is you... I don't think it's going to be super entertaining, but you can hear it if you want. We were both entertained, though. I actually really liked it for what it was, you know? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, and, which is an hour and ten minute movie with a lot of really doofy stuff. It made me, it made me, uh, 
it made me kind of like uh, nostalgic for the '90s too. Rare '90s kids talking about the '90s. Oh yeah, that's what part of the reason we. Uh, the other reason, anyway. So we're gonna read this uh, creepy pasta based on this. I guess this would qualify as kind of a lost episode story. Um. Yeah, you'll see. Okay. If you don't um, remember, you'll see. Do you want me to start? I'll start. You can start. I don't care. I will start. Okay. In 1999, Caledon Local 21 was... No, sorry. God damn it. In 1999, I was 22 and had just graduated from Emerson University in downtown Boston, majoring in screenwriting, specifically in cartoons and children's programming. My debt was pretty bad, so when Nickelodeon Studios offered me an internship at the studio in California, I accepted immediately. I jumped at the chance to get away from the dead-end job at Benjamin Fran- at Benjamin Franklin Tour Guide. What? At Benjamin- already, already off to some good grammatical uh, dynamite. <sighs> Many of you asked to see Crybaby Lane, but if you want to see the original Crybaby Lane, you never will. Even if Nickelodeon somehow consents to releasing it to you, you won't be seeing what was shown on TV, and you sure as fuck won't be seeing the original that Lauer made. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So, just real quick, right off the bat, we're already getting, like, a lot of uh, good character out of this guy, getting a good setting of, like, he's he's in debt, blah, blah, blah. Already kind of getting a sense of who this character is, who our narrator, and already getting a sense of where the story's going to go. Mm-hmm. So... I think you can can kind of predict where the story is going to go from here. I'm so getting a, I'm, maybe maybe we shot our load, but it is good characterization. I'm getting some Squidward suicide vibes here. I'm, oh yeah, I'm a little concerned because I know we have differing opinions about Squidward suicide. Not as differing as you think, but mm. anyway. Anyway, I don't even think Nickelodeon has the original cut of the movie anymore. Now, real quick, I just want to I just want to mention this. When was this written originally? Because we just talked about how I'm trying, it I'm re-aired to find in 2011. That. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that this was written before 2011. We'll we'll assume that, but we'll do some digging afterward. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So I don't even think Nickelodeon has the original cut of the movie anymore. And if they do, it's in only backup copies. If the backup copies exist, then they must have been locked away in some vault, along with the deleted episodes of Ren and Stimpy and the never-before-mentioned episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, I'm pretty sure the director, Peter Lauer, has the original copy, and it's probably on his mantle next to his snuff films, that creepy-ass fuck. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Um, <laughs> we already <laughs> were talking about the, the director... Or the writer or whoever, when we were doing the the Let's Watch thing. Yeah. He's a lot of, um, like, weird shots of the main character half naked. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I kind of cre- creepy I, guy. I kind of joked about how the character, he's wearing, like, like uh, red, red underwear, and there's a part where a bull comes out and chases him, like, that was a deliberate choice there, and are we supposed to laugh, or are we supposed to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, I was hired in 1999 and was immediately put on a creative production team for the movie Crime Baby Lane. But then I was moved to Mr. It, Bear's cellar, so. 
It would be almost a year before the movie was due to broadcast. All in all, it was a pretty low-effort kind of thing. There were only four people on the creative team, and I was the only steady one. Lauer would replace them would uh, would replace them on the whim on a whim. He said it was to keep it fresh. I thought it was because he was hiding something, and I was right. Ooh, we are we are front loading like a motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know that I, that it bothers me that much. Cause... No, it doesn't bother me. I just got to point it out because I think for yeah. people who listen to this show consistently, there's front loading that's really like obtrusive, and then there's front loading like this, which doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's there, and there are ways that you can you can do it okay, and then there are just anyway. Uh, we had a little over a year to make a made-for-TV movie, not just to write it and cast it, but to film it and get it edited. Edi- edited. Lauer didn't work fast at all. After the first three weeks, we only had the ideas for the first 15 minutes of an 85-minute movie. Lauer, even at this point, was a weirdo. He was tall and lanky, and he carried himself awkwardly. He stuttered when he talked, and sometimes, when you were hunched over a piece of paper during those endless brainstorming sessions, you'd look up and catch him staring at you, smiling. He'd look at you, uh, he'd look away when you caught his eyes. But I guess that was the creepiest part. Mm. Did I read that right? You did. He'd always, okay, uh, and that was the creepiest part. He always looked like he had something to hide. The brainstorming sessions, at first, were all right. We got the premise of it down packed. Two brothers unleash a demon and get into mischief trying to get everything back to normal. <laughs> Not exactly daytime Emmy stuff, but you know, it was an alright start. I thought the movie should be goofy and spooky, kind of like a Courage the Cowardly Dog sort of deal. However, from the beginning, Lauer made it clear that he wanted the film to be as scary as possible. He didn't want it to be cheap thrills with a good wholesome ending. He wanted to push it farther than Are You Afraid of the Dark ever dreamed of. And I guess he did. I have a vision. A vision of spooky. Yeah, sure, Lar. Okay, so no, you don't understand. It's got to have blood, death, war, and horror. This is a made-for-TV movie when we've got, like, a couple kids. How are we going to get the war part? I mean, everything else is fine, but... <laughs> um, it was about three weeks into production when I first noticed something. Lauer had the absolute power of persuasion over everyone else in the creative production team. No one fought him, and by the third week, he was already suggesting some morbid things. I remember he said he wanted the little brother to die halfway through the movie, getting hit with a dump truck. I immediately shot it down. I was the only one who said anything, and it stayed that way until I left the studio entirely and never came back. Until... Wait, what? was the only one who said anything, and it stayed that way until I left the studio entirely and never came back. That's what, what? I said. I don't... I was the only one who said anything, and it... Oh, he's saying he was the only one who consistently said no to Lauer. I guess I was the only one. That's a weird sentence structure. I was the only one who said anything, and it stayed that way until I left the studio entirely and never came back. Hmm. What? I. 
I don't know why you're so confused. It, he shot it down. I was the only one who said anything, and it stayed that... Hmm. Yeah. Right? We're... Um, and it stayed that way until I left the studio. Let's David. let's continue reading and figure out what the fuck. Okay, your turn. This means <laughs> at first cannibalism and other fucked up shit was kept in uh, to uh, was kept in other fucked up shit was kept to jokes and tasteless comments. But as time went on, it became more and more overt. I'd give him an idea, which most of the time he would end up using, like. How about the movies start with a morbid undertaker who reads them stories? To which he'd reply, yeah, and then he can cut them up into little pieces and force-feed them to his dog. <laughs> he made these jokes a few times in the early stages. Then he got serious. Hmm. Hmm. He stand up like he was Jesus or something, clear his throat loudly, and proclaim his idea. I'd be the only one to shoot it down every fucking time. One day, near the end of a, our brainstorming session, Lauer cleared his voice and stood up. We all fell silent and looked to him, like we normally would. He stood up and said, Gentlemen and females, I have an idea. I like the way that he's phrasing that. It's kind of like really douchey and interesting. Yeah. I remember what he did. He paused, looked right at me as he said it. The story revolve around the legend of a pair of Siamese twins. Have you ever heard of the Donner Party? Everyone nodded, except for me. I didn't like where the conversation was going. How can you not like where the conversation is going if you've never heard of the Donner Party? That's a good point. Is he, he doesn't know about the Donner Party? Is that what he's saying? Yeah, right? I'm... Am I also the only one who, so far, does not find this very, like, believable at all? No, it, I think that you could do some stuff to make it that way. Like, the idea of, like, he's joking is good, but it has to be, like, more subtle. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I think it's, I just think it's a little too on the nose right now, at this point. That he's mm -hmm. so like, yeah, and then fucked up shit and then you're like okay whatever i just this is the kind of character i feel like would be voiced by xander mobus <laughs> <laughs> shout out to xander the voice of the ringmaster uh, okay they they ate themselves when it got cold they ate each other everyone nodded again i closed my eyes what would siamese twins do if they had nothing to eat would one wait until the other twin dies, then consume her own sister's flesh? Would they claw at each other's eyes until one of them died, then dine upon them like a vulture, tearing at the skin of a dead deer? I don't know. It is interesting indeed. Who talks like this? What the fuck? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give it this. Not believable, but I, I like the character. No, it's, I like it. It's just like... I'm not complaining about the, it's just I don't know I don't know how to feel because like if they're trying to set this up to be believable n no but I like how manic this guy like you you know the the um, the Christopher Lloyd character from Food Fight the like who walks around weirdly like you know about Food Fight right No I do not Oh it's a real okay 
So it's this really shitty, I'll just sum it up quick. It's this really shitty uh, old, uh, not shitty, but it was in production for hell for a long time. But it was a CG movie and it had a huge all-star cast. But you watch oh, it, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. uh, Christopher Lloyd plays this one character and he just moves around really weird and snarls and he's like, you must be Leonard. And he just does these crazy movements. And I'm like, I just picture that character now reading these lines. I didn't know what the fuck I was hearing. <laughs> I opened my eyes and looked around the room. No one was fucking moving. Everyone's eyes were on our, except for mine. And when I looked at him, he was still staring at me. Children like violence. They revel in it. Children like to be scared. So we'll scare them, won't we, Johnny? He leaned over the table, getting pretty damn close to my face. His breath smelt like decaying shit. I stared back at him. Oh, now I'm now I'm doing him. Okay. No, no, no. This is uh, this is Johnny. Oh no, no, I'm an, I'm an idiot. Okay. I think you're fucked up, to be honest. He smiled, then backed away. Oh, I'm fucked up, all right. But you have to be fucked up to survive in this cutthroat world. His grin expanded. <laughs> um. Goddamn. <laughs> Literally. Right now, I'm going to show you some pictures that will spark some of your imaginations. He got up and locked the door from the inside. Damn it, it's one of those lock you inside doors. <laughs> I stood up and said, what the fuck are you doing? Let's not make any errors in judgment. Jonathan, sit down. No. Sit. <laughs> For some reason, I did. Lauer pulled out one of those shitty overhead projectors. He turned... I, I, I noticed our protagonist likes using the word shit a lot. He turned on the switch. Yeah, and speak shouted in an unusually high and semi-frantic voice. This is the fucking muse we need... To continue with this pro-fucking-duction, this is what every child should see. His eyes bulged in his head. He put an image down on the glass surface of the overhead. It was silent. It was Charlie the Chaplin. Image on the, it, the image on the glass overhead was silent. Um, the image was in black and white, but it was grainy. But it was grainy? Why would it... I mean, okay, man, whatever. I could vaguely make out a boy lying on a brick floor, his arms cut off, and his bloody little nubs, black dots. What? The only thing that was clear was his face. He was bleeding from the mouth. That's a weird, another weird sentence. Mm -hmm. What? Lauer almost threw the paper off the overhead, slamming down another one. It was a zoomed-in shot of the boy's face. It was in color. The blood trickled from his open mouth onto the brick, uh, brick, brick floor. His eyes shut. Grimy blood under his eyebrows and eyelashes. Uh, hmm. I'm, I'm having flashbacks to Squidward's suicide. <laughs> but it didn't force it this hard. 
No, that's true. Then, did or did it? Then his eyes opened, and I screamed. No one else <laughs> in the fucking room did, and it died in infancy. The shrillness ringing in the air. So wait, wait. We're watching. He's he's just using images, right? Not film, right? Yeah, he's. That's what I. That is an overhead projector. So yeah. So um, what the. Are they trying to say this try- is super- now they're adding the supernatural element? Yeah. <sighs> and I think he's trying to say and I think in terms of like is he saying little boy is in the baby or when he when he says died in infancy does he mean like his scream <sighs> died in infancy? Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, it's a mm. Okay. The pupils were completely black. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. The rest of the eye was normal. Lovely lady mm. with the eye. Lovely lady with the eye. The longer I stared, the more the eyes opened, widening and widening until it looked like the skin above his eyebrows and eye sockets was going to rip in half. Oh, shit. Then they started to bleed. <laughs> Blood start, started as a trickle, and I swear to God, I could hear it more. Fuck, now like a full-blown scream. <laughs> more. More. Until the brick on the floor was a lake of blood. Oh, I could hear it like I was hiking, and I came across a stream. And now I could smell the kid. I could smell. I could fucking smell his rot. Okay, I, I need to stop for a second. Hold on. Nope. Are Can't we, get off the train. No, no, no. Hold on. Are we just Can't a couple? Get off. Of, are we just a couple of cynical? Am I just a cynical asshole at this point, and at the point that this doesn't affect me at all? Like, if I was less jaded about creepypasta, would this freak me out? Or, or is it? Or is it just not? Or is it just trying too hard? It, no, this is just a textbook case of trying too hard. Okay, good. Because for a second there, I was worried. I leaned. Oh, oh, sorry. You can't continue. I leaned underneath the table and vomited. When I rose back up, the images were gone. Everyone else in the room was expressionless. Lauer turned on the lights. You may go, he said, unlocking the door from the inside when he could just. Go. I I walked through those fucking doors and i never came back this happened near the end of the brainstorming process and by the time i left casting was done and the script was almost fully written they were desperate they were desperately behind schedule i think lauer planned it that way so there wouldn't be time for proper editing that's a cool idea they never watched the real i never watched the real thing when it aired and i heard from a friend that who was who was working at the editing department that they had to cut a good 15 to 20 minutes of disturbing footage from the film before it was fit to be released and it was only fit to be released they didn't have enough time to check the footage frame by frame Uh, here we go i guess he got his wish unless they cut every single scene that had the the pictures in them every child watching crybaby lane has an unconscious memory of those pictures and I weep for them. I really do. They fucked me up. And as I write this to you, 
It will be the last thing I'll ever write before I slit my throat and before blood spatters all over this fucking computer screen. Raw fucking bow. Oh my god. This is a treasure. <laughs> Someone call Bruno Mars. We got a treasure. <laughs> um. Oh, shit. No, oh, it's your turn. Okay. Okay. There was something I should tell you first, though. Oh, no. Oh, no. Early on... <clears throat> Hold on. Early on, Lauer posed an idea of the two brothers capturing a squirrel, putting said squirrel in a jar, and slowly drowning it before filling the jar with sand and dropping it into the bottom of a pond. Soon after this was suggested, Sandy from SpongeBob SquarePants appeared in tea at the tree dome. So this is why I picked the story, is the rest of this. This is what you remember? Yeah, this is what I remember. It was just like the, these cut ideas that didn't make it into the movie that became concepts in other shows. Oh. Lauer also suggested in one of the scenes of the movie for a man with a squid-like nose to take off his pants in front of two boys and rape them off camera, but heavily implied. Squidward soon appeared as a major character and SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, Squidward, hold on a second. First of all, that is incorrect. Squidward is in the goddamn fucking first episode. Yeah, is that's. It... Yep. <sighs> Can't even get your facts straight. Goddamn. Got to get your timeline in there. Come on. Uh, hold on. Um, it all it was suggested that the two be stepbrothers. Forced to live in the same house after the first one's mom was found dead in a shallow grave, her body heavily cannibalized by her own husband, a local weatherman. A show with the vaguely, a show with the vaguely premise, Drake and Josh. The vaguely premise. Started in 2004, and the stepfather was indeed a weatherman. Okay, that's just raging. Laura, 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 Laura. Lauer also suggested the younger brother have a doghouse in which he keeps various animal fetuses encased in acid that he regularly uses to poison his mother to have sex with his abusive stepfather, what? as told by Ginger, debuted soon after. I do not even follow. Yeah, I'm okay. Now I'm really lost. Uh... I don't. Maybe I don't remember as told by Ginger wait, wait, wait. because I he don't. Uses to poison his mother to have sex with his abusive. Wait. What? Hey, if you if you watch uh, as told by Ginger and uh, explain us where does this happen in Told by Ginger? I, what, I what is I've what is seen, the connection? I've seen bits of as told by Ginger. I don't remember. Okay, I remember the I mean, weird I, younger brother. I, I mean, I have two, but I can't remember. Maybe there's something I'm missing where there's something here that does make sense. What like, the f- you, you could figure, like, logic it out, but I just don't see it. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. No, I'm, what I, I'm even trying to wrap my head around what that last set paragraph even means about poisoning his mother to have sex with his abuse. Like, he's using... Yeah. The f- what does that mean? I'm not... 
Who's... What? Never mind. A man who captures the souls of children in a vacuum cleaner and sends them to Hades? Danny Phantom. He's a phantom. A robot, a robot who goes insane on the two brothers, kills one of them, wears his skin, pretends to be the dead brother at high school, my life as a teenage robot... <clears throat> the list goes on and on. Nickelodeon knows, and they're continuing the legacy of Lauer, sometimes subtly and sometimes overtly, and there's nothing you and I can do about it. Do you want to see it? You got it. And there's a link to Crybaby Lane, the full movie, below that. I thought he said I'd never see it. What? I thought he'd say I'd never... I thought he said I'd never see the movie. But this is the... This is the what was shown on TV. He's saying not the... He said I wouldn't see that either. Do you do you want to see it? I'll just link you to the YouTube version, but I won't because I'm going to kill myself. Uh, this is... Mm. So real quick, <laughs> uh, according to Wikipedia, Peter Lauer is an American music video and television director. He directed the music uh, video Run's House for Run DMC and edited It Takes Two... For Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. Okay. And he worked on Dead Like Me, Strangers with Candy, Arrested the Development, Malcolm in the Middle, Chuck Scrubs, Wonderfalls, Remember When, Sons of Tucson, and the and Nickelodeon's film Crabby Be Lane, among other series. Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. So this is just. Uh, they just were like, oh, Peter Lauer is the director. Let's make this crazy, creepy ring, like, cre crazy, creepy, like, puppet master, evil sorcerer version of Peter Lauer, who apparently makes snuff films. Yeah, and, and you just, like, Google a picture of him, and it's just some random fucking white dude. Of course. Of course, it's some random fucking white dude. But um, All the comments are like, this is such a try-hard story. I'm just scrolling through them. This is such a try-hard story. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, Peter Peter Lauer is still alive, by the way. Comments XX Ace missile missing no XX. <laughs> good. Yes, good. Uh, do we even really need to explain why this is undercooked? As why all... do we really need to explain why? This is the best story we've ever read on here. <laughs> it's it's that it's an acquired taste. Let's uh, just say this. It's, so, it, it brought me joy. Oh, it brought me joy too. It, I, I like that. It, it it does have some concepts in here that I think are interesting. One concept is making a person who is not evil by all accounts, just turning them into a fucking villain to some random nobody. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Like Peter Lauer's just now this like evil fuck for no reason. Can, can someone write a try hard pasta about e either or both of us just being really fucking evil? <laughs> like Lauer. <laughs> How we have subliminal messages in our, uh, in our podcast. So, the the grammatical mistakes in this are fucking amazing. Yes. The sentence um, structure alone is like, you get confused about so many things that could be so simply said, you know? Yeah, and 
it's it's cool though that they have this concept at the end. It doesn't work at all. No, it doesn't work at all. No, well, like this concept, this concept doesn't work at all. But the ending of like the somehow Peter Lauer made Sandy and Squidward and stuff. It's like cute. I don't <laughs> I don't know what the word for it is. It's charming. Charming. That's what it is. It's charming. It's it makes no sense and it's not believable and it's really stupid. I but dare really say alarmingly charming. charming. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and and you're you're also dealing with like a movie that's controversial and was uh, censored or whatever. So that's you know. But again, the thing with this movie, we're watching it like it's actually quite delightful in its own right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well um we can just say i think in terms of the freshness rating that this is um this is one of those things where it's not going to be classically good by any stretch of the imagination but Read it. we at least enjoyed it while it lasted Whew. wow oof indeed this podcast is a part of the benview network You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.